my cup. Think to be a decker, must a seeklane far them top. Get me kings a Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm Judy Gold, and this is our new theme song. It is Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head in Yiddish. What more could you want? I am so thrilled. This week, I get to interview Jake Cohen, who is an incredible person, an amazing cook. What a great personality, an old soul, and a Jew. So I I couldn't think of a better guest for Hanukkah, which is coming up this Sunday night. And also, you know, Thanksgiving, which is on Thursday, which is a, you know, I'm I'm rethinking my feelings about Thanksgiving, but it is a cooking holiday. So come on. What better guest than the amazing Jay Cohen, who has an old soul? Speaking of which, I will be at Soul Joel's this Saturday, okay, in, I think it's Jacksonville, Pennsylvania. Really good that I have all my information straight. And, you know, you're going to be sick of your family and feeling mental, so why don't you come laugh on Saturday night? It's right by Philly, right by Terry Hall, you know. Come laugh. We all need a good laugh. And then the following week, I am thrilled for my first live taping of Kill Me Now since March of 2020 with my guest, the amazingly talented, hilarious Colin Quinn. So this is on Thursday, December 2nd at 7.30 p.m. If you're in the New York City area at the 92nd Street Y, do not miss this interview. December 4th, I will be at the Savoir Theater at the Raz Room in Fort Lauderdale. But please sit back, relax, run, whatever you're doing. You don't have to sit back and relax. I mean, you got to get shit done. Uh, But thank you for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Jake Cohen. I love you all. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited. Like, Okay, so you know I always have a lot of people I love who are... um, comedians or writers or you know authors but this person is a is a part of my life now I have no idea how much like I cannot cook anything without checking his well now I got the book the book Jewish I mean but I have been following this gentleman who's like under 30. I want to kill myself, okay? <laughs> and has accomplished so much. And, you know, Hanukkah's next week. And this month, I don't know if you noticed, I've had two of my favorite Jews on the show, Jewish men, even though they're boys. I love you, Jake Cohen, so much. I love everything about you. I wanted a gay son but my sons are fucking straight and like really straight. Ugh. And I know, and I, your parents and grandparents are so lucky. You are perfect. Jay Cohen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Jay Cohen, you are what everything. What You're intro. everything to me. Oh, oh my God. The feeling is mutual. I'm so happy to be okay, here. Okay. Jake, first of all, I'm just going to go with some of the things I've made. Okay. Okay. Love. All right. I'm good. The challah. The challah. It's a good challah. It's it is the best challah. And I yeah. did a round challah mm-hmm. for uh, Rosh Hashanah. Oh, oh, God. I should just warn everyone. This is going to be a bell fucking fest. Okay. You Love know, it. I ring a bell anytime anything Jewish is mentioned. Okay. 
I want you to know your eggplant parmesan. The baked eggplant, it's so easy to make, and it's so fucking good. And now, like, all my friends want to, like, I made an eggplant parm, and then they were like, so, what'd you do with the rest of the eggplant parm? And I'm like, I don't want to see you. I saw you last night. You're not coming over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go back, because that's what I do. And I'm just going to say, there's so many things I love about you. And that I feel like I'm so glad you are a white male, gay white male, it, you know, who's allowed to tell these stories because, you know, who, where people will listen and it's not some like, let me tell you something about the Jews. The, the way you found your Jewishness and what you did with that is so beautiful and profound and everything I would want for my children and Lador Vador, the generation to generation. Yes, that's the goal. I really think that it it comes down to like, we need a, just like a marketing refresh. Right. And, and, and that's, that's just it really. I, I think too often like Judaism is painted in this like steadil, lens of of, misery misery and trauma and it's true because like we went through a lot of right we're We're still going jake as my mother would say they all hate us (laughs) everyone hates us okay exactly exactly and it's just like i want to be in this new age of jewish joy where it's like right where in america things are going okay for us in general Uh, yeah but more often than not people forget about jews and the fact that we are such a tiny community that we have these conversations as a country about diversity and inclusion and making sure all stories are told and and then it's like well we would like a story told about us that's not focused on on striped pajamas like there's really like some some beauty. Oh my God, you're me. You're me. Um, But it's also, we're less than 2% of the population. And, you know, there is a reason for this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we contribute so much and that should be cheered. That should be something that people say, you know, pride, it's pride. You know, we do it. We do it at home. We're always like, when I watched TV with my parents, it was like, you know, Jew, non-Jew, Jew, married a Jew, converted. Like, that's <laughs> how we watch TV. Any character yeah, that came on, Jewish, helped the Jews, knows a Jew, you know. Always. Oh, the Wikipedia page is the first thing you do. You go to right. early life. Early right. life. Jews. I look them up all the time. All the time. Not stop. Um, so you grew up in, um, essentially in Queens, right? But then yeah. you went to, from Queens to a nut, wait, where'd you go? You went to, oh God. Long Island. Long Island, but I had the name. All right. Anyway, uh, now I do a lot of research and then I was trying to find your parents' names, which is very hard to find. That's interesting. And it, that actually came up because my mother was asking about the fact that 
she and my father were not named in the acknowledgments of my right, book right. versus like my in-laws. I just thought that would be weird to thank my mom by her first name. Mom, it's actually quite a funny story in terms of my father because I am Jake Cohen and my father is Michael Cohen. I know, I got it! I and- did it, I found it! Woo! Michael Cohen who worked for Trump. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, is that that Michael Cohen who worked for Trump also has a son named Jake Cohen. Oh my God. They thought that I was his son and they're coming to me asking for comment. And it's just like- Oh my God, that's hilarious. And your father is like a cameraman, like a director of photography, like a big- Yeah, oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah, he's, um, that's kind of, I've always knew I wanted to get into media, but he, he was always worked behind the scenes for, yeah. for movies, music videos. Now he does shows. Like he worked, he, worked, he did all of Madam Secretary and. Right. And, oh, that I know uh, him. Um, oh. we're, we'll, we'll definitely play Jewish geography. Okay. On that one. And then. He introduced me to the food stylist that gave me like my first gig when I was in high school and kind of got oh it all going. Oh my God. Okay. Your mother. Elizabeth. Oh, um, fuck. I didn't think it was yeah. her. I thought it was Robin with a Y. No, 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 no. Fuck. no. That's someone I used to work with at, uh, at Time Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, fuck. I know. Elizabeth, I knew she worked at Time Out. I was like, no. She... But see, your father. Okay, so it is. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I was like, oh. I love this. I love how, how well you stalk. This is great. Yeah. I, I, fuck. I was like, it's her. No, it's her. Ah, damn it. All right. Elizabeth, veterinarian. Yes, I saw! She's fucking great! Yes, she is. She's an icon. Oh, my God. I knew it. All right. Fuck. Okay. You have a sister? I do. Yeah, yes. (laughs) Well, we live... She's my neighbor. She's uh, a few floors below me. And I I didn't get to this yet, but I just want to say, you had a a B'nai Mitzvah. We did. Yes, we did. the two of you got B'nai Are you, but you're not the same age, are you? We're almost Irish twins. We're right. 13 months apart, so it okay. out. That's great. So okay, 12, I was 13. Yeah. And by the way, the theme was nautical. Okay. It, I hate it. I hate. I think we need like bar mitzvahs. Another thing. Oh, we need to get we're gonna to go get to, to that. Roots. We're gonna yeah. get to that. Okay. So you grew up in Queens. Uh, with these great parents and gr- amazing grandparents. Now, the story of your grandparents is just so, I don't know. It's just like, I just want to cry. Like everything about you is so, <laughs> like I want to come over and just be with you. And I feel like you're a part of my family. Yeah. So Annie grew up in Belgium. Is that right? Or yeah. Annie's mother or Annie grew up in Belgium. That's, is that your grandma or your great grandma? That's my grandmother, my mother's mother. Okay. Grew up in Belgium. Then because of uh, El Holocausti, uh, went to Cuba. No. So that's. Uh, Fuck. Uh, shit. God damn motherfucker. It's so confusing. It's so confusing. So she was a hidden child during the Holocaust and her parents went to the, the work camps and luckily survived. Um, my great grandfather, less so than my great grandmother who had a bit of brain trauma from everything. And my great grandmother ended up divorcing him. Uh, but they had two other 
kids after the war. Right. So my grandmother was the only one who was hidden during the war, and then her her siblings were born after. And then my great grandmother brought all three kids to New York, first to Buffalo, right, and then to New York City, and was a single mother who worked. Oh yes, I have that. Yes. This. And my grandfather, they were also in Belgium. His parent, his father, was taken to the work camps. Was able to escape, um, hid out in like a safe house, and was able to grab my great grandmother and him. And they went on a ship that got turned away in New York and ended up in Havana, which is uh, where they right. Settled. Yeah. The, oh, so they were on the right. um, what the St. Louis? Were they on the St. Louis? Is that? I wish I knew the the names. Oh, I, you got to get the. I okay. Got to get the names of things like that. Yeah. Havana to New York. To, it's actually, this like. There's so you're this, like, Jubin. Romantic. Yeah. Yeah, sort of. I my know, aunt, but not my really. aunt's the only Jubin. But then there's this romantic story of then like everyone ended up in New York and right. he, my grandfather worked on the, the stock exchange and uh, he would, and then my grandmother was like a, a secretary. I don't know, a, right. whatever. I mean, the people didn't, the right. women didn't have many options, especially immigrants. And right. they would like, she would see him on the subway and she would talk shit with her friend about the way he would dress be, and in French because that's their native tongue. Right. And she didn't realize that he also spoke French because he was from Belgium. Oh, that's and hilarious. Then they ended up meeting at Silver Silver Point Beach Club. Um, and he gave her a ride home and the rest is history. And it's just like. did he? About, I wonder if he ever said, you know, I know exactly what the fuck you're saying about me. I Well, I'm, he passed when I was, he passed in 2002 one or two right so unfortunately we didn't have a relationship right, in like right. an adult life uh, my grandmother's still around um but it, it's something that so much is tied to queens in new york where right. growing up they had a cabana at silver point so my oh perfect going to the beach yeah. there they used to go on dates to at eddie's sweet shop in forest hills for right. ice cream which is still around and we would go as kids and even as adults uh and like now my sister and i bring our husbands there so right it's just like this like to have a family that's so rooted in New York history, which is so common with, with Jewish immigration stories. Right. Um, it's really sweet. My grandmother yeah. now, she, she lives in Aruba most of the year. And then. Oh, I'm going sometime. to Aruba in December. Oh, wow. Well, uh, you better send you her to anything, my show. If you do anything at the Chabad, she'll be Oh there. God. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot in common with you. My, you know, my family, my mother grew up two blocks away from me here on the Upper mm. West Side. They are from New York. My aunt lived on, you know, Central Park West and, you know, my great aunt, you know, everyone. But then we ended up in New Jersey. (laughs) Hey, everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality. And they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 
60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S.com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, 50, okay? Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, Judy Gold 50, to get... 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. The story of your Marilyn, your grandmother Marilyn, who was a poor girl from Brooklyn. She Uh, was, but she was... She she but, was first generation American. Right. So she was born here. She um she was born here. Your great grandmother, who you knew, yeah. was born in 1898. Now, and you knew her. So this is another thing we have in common. So my grandmother was born in 1896, and I every weekend growing up, she came to visit and I shared a room with her. And she died when I was 25. And that relationship of Someone who was born in the 1800s and had Wild. such, and we were so close and it had such an impact on me. And it's funny because the things I remember about her the most and the things that like that sense memory are things in the kitchen. Like yeah. my, my, the flour thing where we would go like that to <laughs> sift the, the flour. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, and we would always hand mix everything. Like it was always around the kitchen and baking. And we made pogachel, which are these sourdough cookies. I made them on Rachel versus Guy, and I got very high marks on them. Um, oh, good, good, good. Uh, and it's so interesting that you know that's. That's what I rem- like. That's the food. Like we are so about food and dinner table and holiday. And you're, you're, I wanted to ask you, you know, knowing your grandmother who was born in 1898, like what, what impact did she have on you? Like yeah, that it's because their values she, and she, yeah. she made it to 2001. She three, passed. Oh my like, God. So to be, to be alive during three centuries is crazy. And for my right. sister growing up with her, um, and again, she lived in on the first floor of my grandmother's building in Park Slope. Right. And 
like she was our great grandma, great grandma Minna, and we would see her every time we go visit, and she would always make applesauce. That was like her thing, and that's what we remember with her. And even until this day, like my dad loves. That's the only thing he cooks is like we'll go apple picking fall and right. make a lot of applesauce. Oh, and I, I think that it really just laid the groundwork of the importance of family, proximity to family. It's one of those concepts of like I could never leave New York I just, right, right, right. not only because like New York is the center of the universe but it's You're, a right 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 I, I, I couldn't imagine that and Marilyn was like when I tell you she is my biggest inspiration my hero because this is this poor girl from Brooklyn who had big dreams and she kept reinventing herself she was a single mother raising my father when and ended up put, getting like, her when, master's degree when your father went to college she went, she to, went college to college and, and, and then ended up getting a master's degree. She would got her MBA at Fordham. She, How she old was she? So many, she was in her 40s. I love Marilyn. Let, yeah. Marilyn. And, and I she became, it, yeah. and she was, she kept, re, she's done everything. She ran the, the methadone clinic at Beth Israel at one oh point. Oh my God. She worked in advertising. She worked at CBS for a little bit. She was a secretary. And then at, um, when she was 60, she got her real estate license. And oh my God, I love sold apartments for the next 25 years. And, and, and it was really, it's like, when I tell you she, she lived, she, when my great grandmother passed, she was like, my, she needed to be there to be with her. And she had big dreams. And she's like, she wanted to be on fifth Avenue when she moved to fifth Avenue right. between, on between eighth and ninth in the village. And oh, I love her. We just, it was just, everything and she just she didn't cook at all she did not cook right but she we would go out to the best restaurants i would she would be my date for like right I, like a press lunch at Gramercy right. tower and I'd be like oh come eat me for lunch um and she really was like she had more life than anyone unfortunately she she passed right before the pandemic yeah it was, i know um, that's honestly, so sad but it was it was something she good had, it was she, she had she a wouldn't have before right. and that was that was so out of left field and it it was devastating because she was someone who loved travel and loved she walked everywhere and she loved working and she loved all these things culture oh, the pandemic would have been horrible show. for her yeah and and it, and and luckily we were able to have be with her in the hospital right. and when she passed we were able to have a real funeral right right and this was the, this was the week before lockdown so this was when everything was starting to like right. happen we just didn't know what was going on yeah it's blessing in disguise you know I, I believe in Lavdor Vador that that mm-hmm. uh, for the non Jews listening that means from generation to generation okay. I believe all our, tra- everything is past trauma, yeah, you know, yeah. okay. Your father growing up with this strong, strong woman, strong, independent woman. How do you think that translated into his parenting and how he, you know, I mean, as a lezzy mom of, of boys, I feel like they have a different perspective because they don't think women can't do shit or, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Or, and they, and the other thing about them, which I've said on the podcast before is they have friends who are women. They're straight men with friends who are female where there's no like, Hey, uh, you know what I mean? They know how to. So how do you think her parenting translated down to you? 
It's interesting because it, it really does trickle down in the entire trauma. Yeah. My sister and I always talk about this. It's like every generation gets, a, we're the first generation that's truly, we have a chance because right, like we, right. have no, we have no direct contact to these huge moments of trauma. It's just right. the trickle down. So I think with, with the right level of, of therapy and introspection yeah. that we can, we can overcome it. They did. They 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 were great parents. They they are not without their flaws. They are not right. without their quirks. Um, they are not without their trauma to us. But right. in general, I mean, it, it's something that everyone, especially as I was coming up in my career, and and you're looking for for press. You're looking. You know what it's like when you're just yeah. like you're, you're scraping for for, for the story. Yeah, yeah. And everyone wants a sad story. Everyone oh God! Wants, everyone wants like they want me to come from something so difficult. Right, like, right, oh, right. If you right. want, if you want, if you want like recognition, like you gotta do it. And I'm just very lucky that I came parents that were completely supportive when I came out. They were supportive of my like decisions in terms of career. They were they they have just they given me. Everything. Don't you think that comes from your grandmother? That hundred oh, percent. It's because yeah. it's because that's what they were given. It's this right. idea that you do whatever you can to give the most opportunity for the next generation. Right. In the same way that like now my sister and I will want to do this for, for our kids and build right. up something. And the one thing that we missed out on because of my parents' generation is so, because they had such direct trauma right. from their parents, the main thing was family schisms. Right, right, right. Each other and, and, and feuds and moments in which there were so many strained relationships with cousins, with aunts, with uncles. Oh, please. To speak to. And that's something that my sister and I are and incredibly secrets. close. And, and secrets. secrets. Oh, my God. The whispering so on the phone. So my sister and I are very close. And that's something that we want. We want our, we want to have kids around the same age so that they grow up oh, together. We don't plan on being. We live in the same building. We plan on always staying in the same place. So just to have, like, give our kids a fighting chance to have like family right. and community and, and even more of- I mean, of that's what a what kibbutz is. I mean, when you think we about call it- We urban kibbutz. We're oh my God. We call this building, I mean, my neighbors are the kids' godparents. I mean, it's uh, like uh, everyone babys- it was, it was like, yeah. Um, so you- Grew up in Bayside, then you and you went to a magnet school, right? I did. And you were You're so good at this. <laughs> and you were one of two white kids in the in your class. Yeah, it was a. I mean, growing up in Queens, it was predominantly Asian, um, and then there were I think there were two black kids, two right. white kids. The other white kid was Jewish. Oh, um, but it was really. I think one of the things that I also loved about growing up in New York and something that I would want for my kids is the diversity, the normalization of, of everyone eating different things for lunch. And, and, right. having, oh, and, that's, and, and yeah. because it was a magnet program in New York, it was the same class every year from first grade on. So right. we, we would then switch off and you get to know each other's families and, and like the class would do these, these things in which it would always be like cultural stuff. So or like we had uh, one of my classmates was Jamaican. So we all got together and made like Jamaican beef patties. We had, again, every, we had so many Asian students, but that's like, there were Korean, Chinese, Japanese. So like one night would be sushi night. Another night would be dim sum. Like, right. and, and I would go with my, my, my 
my best friend in elementary school was Chinese and we go for bubble tea after school and, oh. and you just have these, this normalization of, of culture flavors right culture right right in which it wasn't like a it just it wasn't unique it wasn't different it wasn't something right. crazy it was just what it was and right. I love that love that love that um and then from there like I moved going pretty much right before how bar old were you okay. uh, right oh I thought yeah right before your bar so mitzvah like you 12, moved to, I moved to right I read that and I was like what a shitty fucking time to move but uh, it, yeah. it wasn't that far away, was it? No, no, no. But at the same time, you go from diversity to all to the same. everyone's the everyone's same. Everyone's white and Jewish, right? And and it just became. It was just very. It was a fascinating shift. And, and don't you feel lucky that you had that twelve years? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I think it, it's there's just this level of. We talk a lot about like giving that next generation. Uh, the, uh, like a fighting chance, but I think right. in the end they end up too sheltered, and then they're just in this bubble of, of right, 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 Jewish community, and they only know. I know well, that's why when you know you're bringing the kids up in the city, I wouldn't, you know, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> they're not afraid of anything or anyone. Exactly, nothing. Like it's like whatever color you are, whatever language you speak, they can navigate getting around in other city, you know what I mean? And they um, are aware of their surrounding. That's right. the most important thing. When people are, when kids are oblivious, that's the biggest failure. So you were in Dix Hills, is that correct? The name of the- yes. Melville okay. technically, but yeah, right. not that area. Okay, you have this nautical themed, I just need to know about your um, Benet. Benet means two, you fuckheads, more than one. <laughs> It's bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah, but then b'nai mitzvah means more than one. So um, it doesn't mean two, it means more. But anyway, it doesn't matter who fucking cares. Um, So you have, were you involved in the planning of your b'nai mitzvah? Like, were you this kid who was like, and like, were you involved in food? Like, when did you get the whole... Food was after, but I was involved. I literally made the 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 invitations for my varmint, for our b'nai mitzvah, which is funny. And my sister and I made like, we made like mixtape, you know, like everyone got a CD with like our favorite songs. Oh like, my God. So, so weird. Um, no, that's so I cute. Don't know, I don't know how we ended up here, but it and then we talk a lot about like, and I, I bring this up and not enough people have seen this movie. And I do think that it needs to be like education before you go through a bar mitzvah is keeping up with the Steins. Right. Uh, iconic movie, Daryl Sabara, right. Joe Niven, uh, and it, it's, about competing bar mitzvahs in right. LA and this idea of, of keeping up with the Joneses and, and right. it becomes all to do separate from the actual meaning of what a bar mitzvah should be. Right. My sister and I ended up on a yacht that went around the Long Island Sound. No fucking I, fuck <laughs> shit. That's why it was nautical themed. It's not a, it wasn't like a crazy thing that we would love the ocean. No, it's because you were on a boat. Okay. Here's what I have to say to all of that. And I might've mentioned this before on the podcast. For my bat mitzvah, for my my mother was, and I'm talking about these old-fashioned values, okay? So my mother was born in 1922. My father was born in 1916, okay? And they were older when they had me. So they didn't care what anyone thought and, you know, and, you know, my grandmother, 1896. So first of all, my sister drew the invitation, calligraphy. She, she made them. 
And then I don't know if I told this story once, I think on a podcast, my mother, um, for my brother's bar mitzvah, they had uh, brunch at the house afterwards. That was it. They were like, we are, everyone's coming out of a cake with sparklers. I'm like, mom, I, uh, and, and no, Judith, that's not what it's about. No, Judith, that's not what it's about. So then my sister had dessert after her bat mitzvah, uh, cause it was on a Friday night. And then I had the biggest one. We had dinner for everyone at the synagogue before the bat mitzvah. And then I did the bat mitzvah and then, which is also probably why I hate meeting an audience before I go on stage. And then we had dessert afterward and that was it. And, and my mother gave, you know how you got gifts, you give the yeah, CD yeah. and everything. And then they would have photographers and then cartoonists. And, yeah. you know, I got all these gifts. My mother gave the boys keychains and the girls little purses to put their change in like a little, right. And I was like, look, I am so unpopular and this is not helping, <laughs> not helping. Yeah, but that's and, what it was. And my parents wait, gave us the option. Oh, you go. Wait, I just have to finish the story. I'm in the Hebrew home for the aged with my mother. I don't know. We go out to lunch. We take her to the diner. She's like, I'm paying. <laughs> and she pulls out one of the purses. Oh, oh, I love that. My mother keeps everything. She yeah. Has everything. All right. She has Sorry. everything. Sorry for No, no, off. but my parents very much like, they gave us an option. They were very clear that they wanted us to do something small at the temple, just for really? family. And then we had the option to go on a family vacation anywhere in the world we wanted. So we could do that or have the party. Oh my we were, we were about the trip the entire time. We, oh, we were like, we're going to do an African safari. We're going to have a small bar mitzvah. Right. We're going to go on a big family African safari. Until we moved to Long Island. And then no all of a way. sudden you start oh, getting so invited to all of these bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, and it becomes a thing of like, are you going to be the one person that doesn't do it? And it, it's it's a it's a regret. I know my sister and if I- If you could go back. If we could go back, we would have done a small family thing and, and gone on the family trip because that's, that's separate from what- That actually... is fucking crazy. Did you invite any of the kids from uh, Bayside to your bar mitzvah? Interesting. No, I didn't. That's a great, that's a great question, but I did not. Yeah. That's so sad. I wasn't very popular. So it's okay. Well, oh my God. So speaking of not being popular, which I love talking about with, uh, because, you know, I've had people on who are, you know, pretty big stars who are like, oh, I was a cheerleader. I was, I was like, ew. Like, yeah, no. no, I did not have that, like high school. What was, I hated, I, I got up, anxiety, ugh, I can't believe I have to fucking go, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I know that you, when you went to high school, I read that you would run home to watch. Food I Network. Yeah, Food Network and the Barefoot Contessa. Yeah. Uh, so what was high school like in, in this Jewy, and was Jamie popular? I think she was more popular than me, but we were, because of our birthdays, she's very early in the year. I'm very late in the year. Right. We were two, two grades apart. So we never really had much overlap. What's your, um, what, I, when's your birthday? I'm New Year's Eve. My girlfriend's New Year's Eve. I love it. Love it. Oh love my it. God. I, I can't wait to tell Elisa. Oh. And I was a heavy kid. Um, uh-huh. 
and I wasn't popular. Same. I was a nerd. I didn't wear like I don't think I, I wore jeans to to high school until like tenth grade. But at the same time, what did you wear? I, sweatpants. Like I was like, oh, like, all right. Like, I was like yeah. slacks. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, I was on the debate team. I was oh, like, oh, so I smart. Was, and but then in tenth grade, uh, I got suspended for smoking weed on a debate trip. Um, and Good for you. that was probably the beginning of like the, 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 the transformation. Shift. Yeah. Um, and then it was junior year. I, had a community start throwing these little dinner parties for friends. They weren't good by any means, but I'd have people but was over it, and I would cook. That's, I, I mean, that's so fascinating. Like eight friends, like, eight, like six to eight friends. I have Were there any over. of them gay, 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 gay? No, that's a thing. No one was, I wasn't out. No one. On right, right. Island. Of course. It was not very a thing that you, that you And were what out. year is this? This is 2010. That's fucking crazy. I mean, yes. when I think of 2010, it's, like yesterday, 2009, 2009, 2010. Right. And then that's when I really started getting into fitness um, and was like, okay, let's. So let's you changed change your body. I changed right. my body completely. And so then senior year, it was kind of just like from freshman where I was like a loser to senior in which I became like kind of popular within my own space. Oh, I wasn't right. like a, a jock, but everyone knew who I was. They were like, you know, like senior superlatives or everyone's right. doing that. Like there were write-ins and everyone wrote me in as best chef, which was just like, because I was like my nickname in high school. Right. And it became this thing where I built this community and this name for myself. And it was good enough, good enough for me to, to have my group that we would just go and right. get high and, and Right. And eat, which around. is yeah. my favorite thing to do. So you started having these dinner parties, which mm-hmm. is so adult. Um, <laughs> What would you make at your first high school dinner party, like for? I remember, and, ha- um, and there'd was... be nine of you, right? And was It'd your mother? Like, yeah. And your mother was like, "Use the kitchen." Did they you have an option? I was, I was, right. using okay. it. I was gonna do it. Okay. And they, were, they also both my parents were working so much, so they were right. never home. Right. Um, and it was Ina Garten's ratatouille with. Uh. Uh, also with also Ina Gardens like this Parmesan polenta mm. and then Giada had this like chocolate tart that was so stupidly easy right. but great and all the way it was like chocolate graham crackers and butter pressed in and then you mix right. like melted chocolate and honey and poured it in and with like heavy cream and you put it in the fridge and people would go like this is so good because right. we're kids and we're stupid and we don't right. know any better stoned. we don't know yeah. good food and it's just like we're at a time in which nobody's parents I don't remember having like friends who had parents who were incredible cooks that was right really right it's funny because like living in new york now like i feel like everyone's an incredible i know cooker. i just i just know so many more people that like prioritize like cooking and food and, and salt um uh, but that's something that 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 i don't know it, it was just this fun it's so thing. adult and, and it's, yeah it's the exchange it's very transactional i'm cooking for them but in exchange they're giving me love and i really right. like, i was obsessed with that well that's like comedy you know it's I, like, yeah yeah it's validation it's the same, it's, right it's everything you want yeah um so you then end up going to the culinary institute mm-hmm. where did jamie go to college she went to funny enough she went to alabama University. That's where. That's where Elisa's niece went. Okay, I go love, ahead. Love, but so she was very much. And again, my parents got divorced when we were in high school. It was like tough. It also happened like 
right before my senior year of high school. So it was difficult, but then I got to leave and my sister had to stay for another uh, few years of the craziness. And so she wanted to get far away. So she went to Alabama, but that winter, while she was in Alabama and I was at CIA, we did Birthright together. Oh! And, <laughs> and with a and you went to mine. Israel. We went to Israel and we came back and she became a lot more in touch with Judaism and was like, I can't be in this place where there are no Jews anymore and transferred to Baruch here in this in Manhattan. Yeah, I noticed that she graduated from Baruch um, on my research. Yeah. And the craziest thing was, I think it's the reason, it's hands down the reason why we are so close is that at that time I was an, I was working at Sever Magazine, unpaid, yeah. I think, at that moment. Or if I was getting paid, it was like penny. It was minimum right, wage. Right. So I'm making no money. I'm working five days a week at the magazine. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, I'm working at this spin studio in my neighborhood because it's the only. They gave me a free membership, and it's the only way I could have a gym membership right. is if I worked and 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 right. got it. So my mother goes to me. She goes, "Listen, Baruch, I was living in in Murray Hill." And naturally, as all as all Jews do after college, and Baruch is is just below Murray Hill, right. and the dorms for Baruch are all the way uptown. And I was right. like, "Listen, if you let your sister move in with you, you can take her dorm money and put it towards your apartment." And I was like, "I, I don't know if I could say no to this." And I just started dating my now husband, Alex. And Alex. Yeah. And let me remind you, this was a 400 square foot studio. Oh my God. So she threw out my couch and replaced it with, um, I was in a little full bed and she replaced it with a queen size pullout. No. And Alex and I were dating. So we'd like, he would often be over and literally it's like, it was like, um, what should we call Charlie and Chocolate Factory with the grandparents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Together. Yeah, with like, the all of the way again. And I was like, that was us. And we did this for uh, like seven months and it was hell. And there's this, like my favorite story is there's this moment in which it was the first Hanukkah that Alex and I spent together. And I surprised him with matching Tiffany keychains Cause around this time that we were exchanging keys for each other. Oh, I love you. So I hid them. I hid the little blue box in his jacket because typically Saturday morning we'd wake up we go get dressed and we leave because my sister would still be sleeping and we go to his place. Um, and he puts on his jacket, he takes it out. We're having this, this beautiful moment of, of like, oh, this is so sweet. And my sister just rolls over and she goes, well, you either shut the fuck up or get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, it's like our favorite thing, but that's the dynamic that we had. And then she started dating <laughs> She started dating her now husband at the very end of us living together. So oh there was my even God, like that's so funny. It was just truly... how many times do you s- say to each other, "Will you just shut the fuck up or get the fuck out?" It's actually now part of our our. It's a mantra that we have. We've told right, a lot of right. our family about it. Is <laughs> we, during the pandemic, since we live in the same building, we were a pod. We did everything. We spent every day together. I cooked dinner for the four of us every right. night. Um, we would do movie night, and and we have this 
relationship that really can withstand complete and full transparency. As any right. Jew knows, it's like they're gonna your family's gonna say, "Well, we have no edit button anyway." No yeah. edit button. I was I just like a little side note. It's like one holiday where my my one aunt turns to the other they hadn't seen each other in a while, and she goes, "She goes, shame on you for getting so fat. I am sick. <laughs> I have an excuse. What is yours?" And it was just like. You just, you, you, you drop, so it's like, what are right. you saying? But one of our thing is when we get to the point in any kind of interaction with the four of us in which it's time for space, ready right. for bed, we want just like alone time. It's like, okay, get the fuck out. And that's become our, our mantra. Oh, that that's really so just, funny. That we say, and we told our family. And sometimes it's something that they'll say too and joke because I it's just it. so, it's so honest and there's and no direct Ill and it no comes Ill from will. love it's not it like get the, it's like all right i'm done it's like get the fuck out we, yeah. we're done we want right. to then watch 30 rock like right right out. yeah thank you so much for listening to part one of kill me now with the one and only uh, the, the gem Jake Cohen. I fucking love this guy. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards. Now, please subscribe and leave a review. Please. It's going to really help me continue doing the podcast. So if you could do that, five stars, please. Five stars. Unlike my Uber. I think my Uber rating is going up now. I think people misunderstood me in the beginning, you know, when I was trying to be friendly and stuff. And now I do the don't talk uh, selection and now everyone loves me. So all I do is say hello and goodbye and thank you so much. So, yes, please subscribe. Leave a review. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Oh, Hanukkah is on Sunday and you're going to buy my book. Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble because it's really good. And if you love comedy like you should. You'll buy it for everyone in your family. It's really funny. And don't forget to get Jake's book called Jewish. It's a cookbook and it's really good. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was my um, Hanukkah song for you. So, yeah, get my book. Get Jake's book. Get everyone's book who's ever been on the podcast. But get those two for Hanukkah because they're the best. It's a good companion piece, as Jake said. But there you go. And I am thrilled for my first live taping of Kill Me Now since March of 2020 with my guest, the amazingly talented, hilarious Colin Quinn. So this is on Thursday, December 2nd at 7.30 p.m. If you're in the New York City area at the 92nd Street Y, do not miss this interview. Thank you all, all, all. Uh, booster shots for everyone, huh? If you're not vaxxed, there's really something wrong with you. Where, you know, be safe around family. Give everyone big hugs if you haven't seen them. Enjoy uh, the holidays. I know it's Thanksgiving, which is not a great holiday for a lot of people. So I'm going to take the um, politics. No, I'm not. It's, it's a stupid holiday. Let's just admit it. It's like... Look, that's not the story that really happened, okay? Can we all discuss it? That's not what really happened, okay? It wasn't all fun and games. People were living here, and we got rid of them, and it's shit. Anyway, but enjoy your turkey, and if you're vegan, enjoy your fake turkey, okay? Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. I'm on TikTok at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, because I'm a Jew, 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 and I'm proud, proud, proud. And um, that's it. So happy Hanukkah. Eat those 
potato latkes, the fried food, and then call your uh, cardiologist because we all have one, <laughs> don't we? And always, as we always say, so long. Bye.